Before we get into today's episode of the Dads and the Docs, we've got to let you know about our best mates, Big W. Mate, they've literally got everything. They've got onesies, they've got prams, they've got car seats, they've got all the everyday nursery essentials. They've got it all. Absolutely. It's all quality, it's all affordable, everything you need from bump to bub. Big W. It's where you go once you know. Congratulations, dads. You've made it home. Maddie, we have we're home. It's our first week at home. Yeah, baby. This is when you realize, did someone just let me leave the hospital and bring this thing home? Like <laughs> you, you wait for someone to stop you. Yep. But then you get home, you're like, someone someone's left this baby in my responsibility. Yep. You're a thief. Yeah. Absolutely thieving <laughs> a child. I'm kidnapping and you're looking over your shoulder saying, is anyone going to stop me? Please, somebody, please stop me or at least give me a manual. <laughs> Instead, you've got this podcast with us. So we're going to do the usual, play the music, and then we're going to get into some reflections and then give you some of our tips at the end. All right, let's go. Where do new dads go when they need info? They go to the docks. Dr. Mike, let's get straight into it with our first tip from Dr. Golly. Play the little clip. Dads can't speed up a mum's recovery from pregnancy and childbirth, mm-hmm. regardless if we're talking about a cesarean or a vaginal birth. Dads can't make breast milk come in quicker. Dads can't make a baby sleep through the night on day three. But on every one of those, dads can play an enormous part. Dads can give mum rest because sleep makes milk. Dads can keep mums hydrated because drinking water makes milk. Dads can be a bodyguard, for want of a better term, because entertaining guests and visitors is beautiful, but at the same time, you've got to draw a line somewhere. I was really bad at that when my first was born. I just wanted everyone to meet her. I wanted everyone to come over, and, um, and I really regret that because I needed to protect my wife more. It's quite a funny thing to think that you can't help because like you just want to help. But like he said, you, you can't quicken her recovery. You can't feed the baby. You can't make the baby sleep through the night on night three. You almost have to be okay with being helpless. Yeah. I, I, I really liked what he said because he said that rest creates milk. Hydration creates milk. So control the controllables essentially and help your wife get rest so she can make the milk. Help your wife stay hydrated with water so her milk comes in. Like all these things that you can do outside to help her with the milk, it's not that you're completely useless. And if you think you're useless, then you probably are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and don't just keep her up for the sake of it to like both be awake together, like let her sleep as much as you can. Because that's something that I didn't know when Rach was breastfeeding is that sleep is going to help her make milk. I figured that hydration probably would have, mm. but still – being able to provide like a safe space for her to sleep and that she can feel comfortable that you will stay awake and look after the baby, which will be her concern, that that will help her feed and will make things easier. It's funny, everything sort of feeds, is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy and a bit of a positive feedback loop in that you do it, she sleeps better, she feeds better because there's more milk, the baby eats better, the baby sleeps better in in such a positive way Mm. that... But it can also feed in a negative way if you are stressed and if it's not working as well. So try and be thoughtful of that at the time to help keep a rest. Totally. And like, you know, in that, as we talked about 
last time when you're in the hospital, you become the nappy guy. Mm. As soon as you get home, you're now the nappy guy and you're the bottle guy. Mm. So like you're doing the bottle routine, getting all the bottles ready. You're doing all the things around the production of her milk and feeding um, that, you know, is going to assist everyone and allow you all to get a better sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, will you not brush a few bottles in your life? Like you will like brush them, clean them, sterilize them, like you, and you will just work out this really slick routine at the start. But God, you will just like smash that bottle brush as much as you can. As I'm going into my second child, I keep thinking about the bottle routine and I think I've completely forgotten it. <laughs> I think I chose to erase it from yeah. my memory that I just didn't want to clean another bottle. You've dropped, you drop something on the floor, you'd need to sterilize it. So oh. I'm, I'm preparing for that again it's mentally. Like PTSD, just yeah. like trauma. You <laughs> drop a dummy and you go, oh no. Oh God, no. I have to clean. That's going to take half an hour to Two sterilize. second rule? No, no I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> two second rule probably doesn't apply for a two day old. <laughs> no. For a two day old. But you definitely, there's times where you'll feel like you're out of your depth, but put on a. Put on a good face and try and help mum out as much as you can because mate, she's working hard. That's right. All right, our next little clip, Mike, one of Maddie's favourite quotes coming up. Babies drink more than milk. They drink all of your emotions. So if you are not coping as a parent, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're overtired, if you're struggling and under-supported, you then go to hold a baby and that baby feels it. That baby feels every emotion you have and they drink that up. So if the simple way to put it is if you're unsettled, the baby will more likely be unsettled as well. So the inverse of that is that the more settled you are, the better you'll be at settling a baby. One of your favourite quotes? Yeah, I, I thought what Dr. Golly said, you know, it, it actually really stuck with me was – Babies don't just drink milk, they drink emotions. And essentially what he's saying is that they're, they're looking in the mirror at you always. So if you're continually unsettled, they pick up on your cues and therefore they're unsettled. And so they're drinking how you're feeling. And that is such a great piece of advice because the more frantic you are, often it means the more frantic and unsettled your baby is. And so if you can try your best to remain calm, and, and if your partner isn't calm to do your best to keep everybody calm and keep a level head, it's going to reflect in your baby because that's all, that's all they've got to learn from is your expression and, and, and what's on your face and how you're feeling. They love saying, you'll hear it a lot, relaxed people have relaxed babies. People mm. love saying that and you'll hear it heaps and it's definitely something that's easier to say than easier than it is to do. But... Definitely, as to your point, being stressed around that will also make mum stressed and stress can reduce the amount of breast milk that's made. And then, like we said, then that turns into the baby's not feeding as well. It feeds a bit more often and everybody's a little bit more stressed. So just trying to keep as calm as possible is a really good thing because, I mean, it's just going to help everybody and everybody in the house. Absolutely. All right, Mike, next clip, please. Dads don't smell of breast milk which means that dads very often are actually better at settling babies than the mum because the mum's not only got a smell of breast milk, the mum's also got hormones going through her body that tell her to feed. It's a protective mechanism for a human. So 
you've got a baby who will feed, even though they're not necessarily hungry. You've got a mum who wants to feed because she's being hamstrung by her hormones. And you're holding the baby right next to the food source. What do you think is going to happen? Baby wants to eat. Baby's going to eat. Whereas if you come along and you take that baby, not only are you getting wonderful time one-on-one with the baby, you're giving your wife a break and you're probably going to be better at settling that baby, which means you're not going to feed unnecessarily, i.e. feed because the baby's tired or feed because the baby's got wind. We only want to feed because the baby's hungry. Mm. What we find is that when dads are more hands-on, everyone wins. How about that? Like you don't smell like milk so the baby doesn't want to feed from you. It's like the best time that you're useless. Yeah, that is so true. I'm I'm actually not going to tell Sarah that because I was always like, I'm the ultimate (laughs) settler. You've been whinging in there and I'd go in there for five. I'd I'd, I'd just go leave him with me. I'd take him into the room, turn the lights off, sing him a bit of a song, walk around and he'd fall asleep like that. And I'd walk out expecting there to be fireworks and celebrations and people clapping my name because I got him to sleep so fast (laughs) but there was no one there except for Sarah going, what? Like how did you get him to sleep so quickly? But after hearing Dr. Golly, it makes so much sense. What I'm picturing for that is is it's like uh, you're – the it's a kebab shop and mum is running the kebab shop at 3am and there's like 40 drunk people outside that are like yelling and screaming i'm hungry i'm hungry and mum's got the kebab meat right in front of her and then dad just comes in grabs one of the people by the hand and walks away and goes i was at the stars and the person forgets about being hungry so they just walk around out there so your job is to take them away from the food and they will forget about it i really like that so it's nice good. to have a bit of science behind it too. Similar to how he talks about, uh, Dr. Golly talks about having the baby sleep on the opposite side of the bed because then the baby can't smell it. It's such mm. like a basic thing that you just wouldn't ever consider if you're not told it. Yeah, I had never heard that before. Sleep them away from it. Like stay away from the fridge and you won't eat from the <laughs> fridge. Like That's probably the number one thing we talk about anyway. All right, Mike, dial up the next one for the dads out there, please. Science again tells us that when dads are more heavily involved, the benefits, they're immense. Dads are more likely to be physical with kids, which means kids who've grown up with more dads' hands-on involvement have better hand-eye coordination skills, better at sport, physically stronger, more resilient, more robust and then dads who are, who are doing this have lower rates of their postnatal, paternal postnatal depression, anxiety, adjustment disorder, you name it. So it's just across the board, the more hands-on you are, the better. That is some real win-win territory. Dads are more hands-on, so the kids benefit. The kids, how about that? The kids are stronger, more resilient, and their hand-eye is better. So if you want your kid to play professional sport, <laughs> it's better for you to be hands-on. That's what I'm hearing. That's exactly right. My God. If I want Celia to be a golfer, <laughs> if I want her to play, be centre-half forward for the Brisbane Lions, whatever it may be, if you want Malik to be a nice little fullback for St George, be hands-on. That is a nugget of gold that all the mums wish they knew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wouldn't your partner... If you're into sport, and we get it, some people aren't into sport, and that's completely fine. But if your partner knew that the kids would be more, they'd be better with their hand-eye coordination, they'd be telling dads every day so they're more hands-on. Every day, like, you know, do you you know why Cristiano Ronaldo is such a good soccer player? (laughs) 
His father was very hands-on in the early years. Oh, <laughs> Michael Jordan, his dad, could yep. change a nappy. Yep, scientifically could, proven. Could change a nappy. <laughs> also, but because what you want your kids to be is resilient. You want them, if they encounter any issues throughout their life, you want them to be able to bounce back, to not worry, and to be able to come back stronger. But they're going to learn so much of that from this scientific advice from an actual doctor that you being more hands-on at that such young impressionable age because I think it's really easy to get sort of lulled into the thought with oh they're so tiny they'll never know oh like I can just sort of cut a corner here because they'll never see they won't remember this they won't act they won't be a part of it or they're just there like they're just existing and, and I'm just sort of helping out but when actual fact science says that the more you do to help the better child or person or adult or human your kid will be. It's incredible. It's nuts. And like you said, it, it's a win-win situation because it's also then proven that dads will suffer less from postnatal depression by being more hands-on. Mm. So, you know, equally, it's making you happy. I think, you know, we talk about the hormonal connection between mum and bub and they've got all these things happening when they take care of their baby that dads just don't have. But by carrying your baby, you're actually getting this release of oxytocin and and that makes you feel really really good and makes you happy so it's a win-win situation absolutely taking the kid out for a walk and leaving mum to have 40 minutes to have a bath or have a shower or a sleep or some food or something and you get to go and go for a wander there's nothing cooler than the first time you take your little one out in a pram by yourself into the world. That's totally. phenomenal. <laughs> Way better than walking your dog for the first <laughs> time. <laughs> a bit more compliant on the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't move as well. Doesn't walk as well. <laughs> All right, Dr. Mike, what do you got for us now? Breastfeeding's hard. It's never a case of just plug in and you're done. And, and not every mum was built to exclusively breastfeed. So... There's the complication of the baby's mouth. So some babies have got, you know, small, a small mouth, a high palate, a bad tongue tie, whatever it may be that makes the baby not wonderful at latching or maintaining a latch or sucking hard. Then you've got the mum's nipple shape. Then you've got the mum's milk composition, the flow, the letdown speed. There are so many variables. And when you have so many variables, there are so many places where it may not work. Whatever she needs, just give it to her. Just don't hesitate. I promise you what she's doing is harder than anything you've done before. So just it's not a competition. You cannot do enough as a dad. Mate, breastfeeding is tough. It, and then this is coming from dads who didn't breastfeed. Their partners did because, as we know, <laughs> difficult to breastfeed when you've got no mammary glands. But we found it was not common. This is something I didn't expect before we had a baby was that a, a breastfeed for us could take – an hour and a half from go to woe. And then they say it's about three to four hours between feeds. And this was the loose thing. The three to four hours is not from when they finish feeding. It's from when they start feeding. So if you start feeding and it takes an hour and a half to feed and they feed every four hours, it means you've only got two and a half hours off. But if they feed every three hours, it means you only have one and a half hours off. That timing and how long you can work into your routine you only work out when you know how long a feed takes because the timer starts when you start, not when you finish, which blew my mind. And then the whole pumping routine, and it felt like a milk factory at our house in those first days. It was double pumps going, 
then on the breast and then off and then, you know, I, I don't know what experience Rach had, but I know that Sarah just went through absolute hell in those first few days. There was all these things that you don't even know were a thing up until that week at home. There's mastitis, which is this, you know, you get the blocked milk ducts, which then cause an infection and give them terrible pain as well as fevers. And it comes across as like a, a really bad, almost flu-like virus that they're bedridden. Then you've got, Sarah had vasospasms, which was like a nerve sort of thing where you couldn't even touch her breast without it being extremely painful. They're in the wars. Mm. So you just, Trenches. Oh, you just have to be really, really at that point, careful around how, the, how you phrase things. Because equally as a dad, you want the best for your kid. And if you're, as, a, as parents, you've decided like, we're going to try to breastfeed this kid for as long as possible. They can feel the pressure like why why can't I do this or why is this so hard? So you need to be really supportive and not try to pile on the pressure because you know it's the best thing for your kid because you're also wanting the best for your kid but you're wanting the best for your wife. So it's kind of this this balance that you have to have to be supportive of your wife while also you know ensuring that your kid gets what he needs. Yeah, it's de- my advice is definitely around how you say things. So if difficulty if breastfeeding difficulty is happening for your partner rather than saying like try the other side try the other side say like it's all about saying maybe we should try the other side like Mm. should we give the other go a crack and ask that as a question rather than say do that because you may get snapped at you may and because mum's frustrated she's short of sleep you're short of sleep and that's when there can be tension but having it phrased in a in a gentler way I think is a bit more beneficial and that's also ties back into what we talked about a few episodes ago was the more you know about breastfeeding itself the more you can actually help and give advice on it in terms of like holding the baby in a different position or trying a different side or trying a nipple shields or if you can suggest anything different as a possible way to help fix the problem Mm. dads out there the mums will appreciate it uh, the dads will appreciate it and then a much like everything, everybody wins. So definitely appreciate that a breastfeed can go for a long time um, and make sure you have a good TV show <laughs> to watch. And I think this is the time where you necessar- the solution you can probably take a little bit of a back seat because mm. you probably don't have the right solution. I think Sarah got over me trying to give her solutions and, and was getting pretty snappy with me by the end the best solution I gave her was maybe that I subbed out and we call our best friends over and and they come in and so she's got a a woman in the room with her to help her and our best friends came over, me and him were upstairs watching TV and the the women were in the room and and Jules was, uh, our friend was just like trying to squeeze Sarah's breast to get the blockage out we could just hear them screaming away but in that moment in time she was over me (laughs) and i knew that was the best solution me not giving any more solutions and just getting out of the way uh question without notice have you tried breast milk no you haven't tried it absolutely not see i know this i I have this conversation a fair few times with my mates and everyone's got a different opinion but that's i no. Just not for you? Not you won't for try me. it second time round? Definitely not. No. All right, I've tried it. Would you like to know what it tastes like? I've heard good things. Ah, oh, not for me, no. No. Not for me. It's like a really weird almond milk. So if you like almond milk, it's really thin, 
but it's like really nutty in flavour. And I don't, I'm very much a full cream milk guy, unhomogenized full cream milk. But breast milk is like, yeah, it's like really nutty is really the only way I can describe it. But dads, if you want to try it, try it out there. That's all right. Yeah, no. And I've also seen some dads try and clear like a block duck to themselves, jump on the boob. With the mouth. I've yes. heard that's a good way of unblocking it. But no, I didn't try that. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, there would be some dads out there. I'm sure there's some dads out there who like quite like feeding. Hey, no judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here. But I'm sure there's some out there that do enjoy it. Um, but you can try the breast milk. It's not toxic to adults. Uh, but it's... Yeah, it's very nutty. Not for me. Not for, yeah. I won't be going back for round two. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, nah, not my thing. <laughs> Jad's tried Sarah's breast milk out of a oh, cup. Oh, really? <laughs> what do you think? We did. He um he liked it. Oh. <laughs> it was weird. I was I like, I feel like almond milk is right up Jad's alley. Yeah, he was like, I'm 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 down to try it. Let me try it. I was like, go for it, buddy. I'm I'm not going to stop uh, you. It's. Yeah, it's not for me. I wouldn't be putting it in my coffee because it like you see it when it like congeals and it like mm. separates. Yeah, it doesn't congeal. Sorry, yeah, it separates and it's like, oh yeah, it looks like coconut water at the bottom and then like a thick layer of soupy skin on the. Top. Are you the type of guy that drinks milk sh- like yeah. straight out of a glass, like have a glass and straight milk? out of the bottle? Yeah, see, I've I've never been that guy. Right. I can't have uh, milks with cereal. Yeah. yeah, with a coffee. Yeah, but never on its own. All right, Maddie. quick break. Our best mates at Big W, they got heaps of messages and one of those messages you're going to need when you're changing a nappy because you're going to hear a poo, you're going to see a poo, you're going to see your little one scrunch up their face and that means it's your time to shine. It's change time. And sometimes it is not that easy to get the onesie off. Sometimes it's like wrestling an octopus if that octopus was covered in poo. Well, our best mates at Big W, they know it. They know everything about the changes. They've got the Dimples bodysuit, which has an envelope neckline. Now, that sounds practical, doesn't it, Dads? Well, you know what else it sounds? Cheap, because it's four bucks. That is not even a $5 note. Four bucks? Four dollars. That's cheap as. I told you, Adam. I keep telling you. It's the one-stop shop. I'm now a Big W guy. That's me. I'm the Big W guy. It's got all the trusted brands. It's got a huge range and it's got the best prices. Big W is where you go once you know. All right, Dr. Mike, dial us up for the final tip from Dr. Golly. There is a thing that happens in a woman when she delivers a baby. For want of a better term, it's an explosion, it's an enlargement in the size of a part of her brain called the the amygdala. The amygdala is sort of our centre of emotion. And when your amygdala enlarges following the birth of a child, you become increasingly emotional, which means become worried about the baby. You you have this desire. You know the concept of like mama bear? Mm -hmm. A new mum will lift a car off a baby like that's the kind like insane worry emotion strength and unfortunately it it like really really goes into overdrive so it doesn't happen with all mums but very commonly mums will worry about stuff and they will stress and they'll become anxious about stuff so what we can do as dads is not be rudely dismissive and say, no, 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 he's fine. Because what that really says is I'm not listening to you. You're being absurd. That kind of stuff, there's no room for that. What we need to do is we need to acknowledge that something is concerning 
or scary and we approach it with a common sense mindset and investigate accordingly. You say, look, I think I've read about this. If, you, if you're breastfeeding and your nipples are cracked and sore, you're probably bleeding a little bit and there's microscopic blood, which you can't see to the naked eye, but does get swallowed, accumulates in his tummy and then he vomits it out. So that's what I think's going on. Are you happy with that? Or if you want, I'll call the GP or the pediatrician. Um, I'll find out if you yeah. want to do that. And that's the kind of really sensitive, common sense, supportive approach that dads need to take. I think this could be one of the most fascinating pieces of advice from any of the doctors that your partner's brain will literally grow. There's a that like the fear center, the emotion center will grow. And that advice I think is so useful to know that that's why your partner may be acting differently to how you've otherwise seen them. Yeah, I think this is where the science really helps you be empathetic to your partner because at that point in time, you don't you just think they're just being overly emotional because I don't know, they're overly emotional. You go emotional. hormones. Yeah. Hormones. Whatever. Like, like you fob it off, you go, yeah, hormones, you'll be fine. But to, to hear and know that their brain is physically growing, the fear center of their back brain is physically growing because that's what our bodies tell us to do to keep our children safe or a mother's child safe, it blows my mind. Oh, Matt, it's fascinating. And I, I love the advice to be rational with your answers rather than fobbing it off, rather than going, ah, it's like she's fine or he's fine. I don't worry about it. They'll be all right. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong because you have to be the common sense in the partnership because mum is just trying to keep them alive so desperately and maybe can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And that's just a purely physical, scientific thing giving them a reason why you think things are okay is so much better than going like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Because I remember Rach being like, oh, my God, is she breathing okay? Is it okay? And, I, and, I, and I'd go, yeah, yeah, she's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're also tired. You also don't know. You're probably lacking a lot of patience at that moment in time. But it's to be conscious of what is happening in mum's brain and and – taking the moment to try to rationalise it to her to kind of connect with her in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads perfectly into our uh, the non-scientific, non-doctor-related advice that we have that we save for the end of each episode because the I know that when if Rach is concerned about Celia's breathing and I go, no, no, it's fine, and, and if I'm a little bit concerned, the... Something that I didn't know about before we had Celia was the Maternal Child Health Helpline. And in Victoria, it's 13 22 29. Definitely worth writing in your phone. And it's like the perfect, it's the perfect middle ground to going to the hospital because you have your maternal child health nurse appointments. They weigh your baby and see how you're going after a couple of weeks and after you're home and then it goes up months and whatever. You work out what the appointment times are. But it's someone that you can call and say, is this normal? Is this okay? Should I go to the hospital? And it's 24-7. It is completely fine. We had, Celia used to vomit heaps. Oh, shit, so much vomit. And there was one time when the vomiting really started because she wasn't really chucky to start. And then a, a little bit in, she started vomiting heaps. And we were like, oh, this is, I don't know, this does not seem good. Like, she's vomiting a lot. And then we called the helpline 
and they just ask you a few questions about what's going on and then they just go, oh, don't worry about it. She's just so full that she's vomiting out all the excess. So like maybe just feed her less or don't feed her the letdown because we would do the breastfeed. Rach would get a bit of letdown in like those little cup things that they put on their nipples and then we would feed her the letdown on top of the breastfeed and the helpline just said, maybe don't do that. And then she stopped throwing up because she wasn't so full she was vomiting. <laughs> like we were, vo- we were feeding our kids so much that she was <laughs> spewing it up. She's like, Dad, I can't deal with this. It's too and, much. And that would have saved you a good four hours in a hospital every Absolutely. time you need to go. It's never and a stress. trip. And stress. Yeah. We, we did the same thing. I remember one, one time with Malik, he – he wasn't a um, – we were really lucky with him. He was He's generally a pretty good kid. He wasn't – he didn't often cry for a long, long time. And one night something just triggered him and he was crying endlessly and he just would not stop and we was getting more and more panicked and worrying. We called my sister who's got two kids and asked her and she was like – she didn't know. Then, you know, we were about to go to the hospital and then we called the line and they were able to give us some advice and check a few things and calmed us down a little bit like nothing bad is happening. He's all right. Kids can cry for hours at a time because of gas, because of normal things. And, you know, 30 minutes later he'd calmed down and he'd gone back to normal. It was a bit of gas or something else, but we just – it was out of character for him. Mm. But we saved that trip to the hospital and all the worrying and stress. Yeah, so there's definitely dads out there there – is there are helplines, there are advice lines that you can call beforehand that are 24-7, they're free. And if you're a little bit concerned, there is such an easy call to make and it will really de-stress. It'll also de-stress your partner too. I know that Rach was like really concerned about the vomiting, so we called and then that just put us at ease straight away. It's, It's magic, it's really good. And similar to that, there's help out there. Know that there is help out there if your baby is struggling to sleep there's sleep schools that you can do there's also if your uh, partner's struggling to feed and she really wants to breastfeed there's lactation consultants you can pay for them they'll come to your house if you can afford them they'll they i have not heard a bad experience from a lactation consultant that comes to your house ask one of your friends for recommendation if they've used them before and they come and genuinely sort out the breastfeeding so, so quickly and give so many advice because they see it every day. It's it's magic. So if feeding is really tough but your partner's hell-bent on it but is having a really tough time, maybe throw that up as an, as an option. Yeah, and, you know, maybe your wife doesn't want to th- – feels like she's throwing in the towel. Don't, don't be proud. Use the help that is available to us. We live in Australia. It's an, it's an epic country with these sorts of resources. Yep. Use it. Don't be too Absolutely. proud. Absolutely. Do not be too proud at all. One other tip that I heard, and I, this is one I really like, and it makes complete sense. It's about settling babies. So if they're crying and if they're a little bit unhappy, so burp them. You cannot burp your baby too much. I love that advice. But the other one is that when you're um, rocking them, and you're tapping them. So when you're patting your baby, pat them slowly at the rate of a heartbeat because the reason that they like the tapping is because it replicates the mother's heartbeat inside the belly. And so when you're tapping them slowly, it makes them think, oh, mum's calm, and then the baby will be calm too Uh because you're tapping them at the rate of a very calm heartbeat which is also why they love white noise because that's the sound that it makes in the womb. So you're trying to take your baby back to the womb where it was really comfortable and settled and in a lovely place 
because you're tapping them at the rate of a gentle heartbeat, you're playing them the sounds that they're used to, and you're rocking them around because they're used to being in fluid the whole time. I'm actually getting sleepy just listening to you talk about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> mate, it's just love, like if you think – because if you think if someone came – if you're crying, Maddie, and I came over and gave you a hug and I started tapping on your back like this – Yeah, no good. Stress you out. Yeah. But if I just like tap you gently and then like slowly rubbed you around – I'd have you in my arms in absolutely no time. <laughs> Moving on. You'd be, you'd, be, you'd be mine. You'd be mine. Uh, and then my final tip before we leave uh, your first week at home is do not withhold your treats. Treat yourself like take away, if you need a pad thai, whatever you crave, an ice cream, chocolate, don't worry about it. They are absolute free calories. No one's seeing you. You're in trackies <laughs> all the time. Just treat yourself because it genuinely – might be the highlight of your day, having like a magnum out of the fridge or something. The healthy eating and the the, the gym will come back at a later date. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly right. And the healthy eating doesn't – because if someone – this is also – I know I said final tip before, but I love giving a final tip after a final tip. <laughs> because you're the bodyguard and the bouncer of letting people in your house, kick them out after they've been there for 40 minutes or so because that's probably the length of time that your partner can tolerate being up and about and hospitable to people. But also when they say, what can I bring? Or even if they don't say, what can I bring? Tell them to bring dinner. Yes. Tell them to bring a lasagna. Tell them to bring something that you can put in the freezer. Tell them to bring food because you can't be bothered cooking. Your partner can't be bothered cooking. Take, eating out gets expensive. So just like tell them to bring food. If they say, when can I come over on Saturday? Go, I'll come over at 10.30. But do you mind bringing dinner as well? And they'll love it too because they want to help. Totally. And this is also where if you're lucky enough to have the grandparents around, number one duty of grandparents, bring the food. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Well, dads, that's us leaving you for your first week at home. Good luck. Good luck. Speak to you in a month. Feeding to poos You've been with the dads The dads and the dogs Thanks for listening to our little dad podcast We really appreciate it And we would really appreciate If you could also rate and review it Wherever you're listening It would help to share it around If you gave it five stars And wrote a little note We really want to get this information out there So new dads can be of more use Than we were when we were useless new dads If you want to get in touch with us We've got an email, thedadsandthedocs at gmail.com because we're tight asses and we couldn't afford an actual email because this is a little independent podcast of our own. If you want to get in touch with us on the socials, at Adam Denston or at Maddie underscore EF or the dads and the docs. It's across TikTok. It's across Instagram. Check them out. Give it a follow. Tell all your mates as well. Share all the posts around. We'd really, really appreciate it. Also, this episode was produced by us, Maddie and Adam, and also by Radio Mike. You can find him at Radio Mike on his socials. And the intro song and outro song were made by at Mikey D. Graham. Mikey D, legend, very catchy, and we really appreciate that too. All right, that's enough rambling from us. Thank you for being a part of the show. We look forward to the extra episodes. Time to get back dadding. It's time for us to get back dadding too. So we'll talk to you next week. 
And one more thing to add before we do head off, the information in this podcast is very general in nature and intended to help everybody prepare for what is to come in as best way possible. But if you do have any concerns or queries or questions about your health or your baby's health or your partner's health, please go direct to your health practitioner. They will be able to answer your questions in the best way possible. There's also so many resources out there for people who are struggling. Lifeline, Panda, the Panda Helpline is fantastic, the Maternal Child Health Nurse Hotline. Also, talk to your friends and family. Good luck out there, everyone. See you later. Now that we've finished that episode of The Dads and the Docs, we've got to thank our best mates at Big W. Mate, don't I have a deal for you? Huggies Value Pack of Nappies is only 46 bucks at Big W. That's saving 13 bucks per pack. And once you buy about a million nappies that you're going to need, that's a lot of savings. Exactly right, Maddie. And not only have they got them, they've got quality, they've got affordability, and that's why they are our best mates. Big W, it's where you go once you know. Offer dates 26th of the 10th to the 8th of the 11th while stocks last.